0: The broadcast is now starting. All attendees are in listen only mode.
1: Welcome once again to another edition of conversations with Carlton. A podcast sponsored by the Texas economic development council. We are uh, fortunate today to have one of the very best. Economic developers in our state. Roger figley. Roger is with us from sulfur Springs, Texas. Uh, Roger, it's a, it's an honor and a privilege to have you on today. Welcome to Conversations with Carlton.
0: Glad to be here.
1: Roger, um, you know, I, I know a lot about your career and I want to talk about it. I think it would be really interesting for our listeners to go back and have you tell us about how you got into economic development. You didn't set out in your career, uh, like a lot of us, to become an economic developer. You you came into the economic development world uh, really through another avenue of public service. Tell us about that, Roger.
0: Well, I was a third generation fireman. So my daddy and my grandfather were both paid firemen. and. Uh, Uh, And now the proper word, I guess, is firefighters. I uh, was the first paid fireman in in Mansfield and worked my way up to uh, being the uh, on the I was a fire marshal. And uh, I got a. On a Friday afternoon, my boss came in to me and says, by the way, you're you're going to be temporarily assigned to the city manager's office and i said for what he said uh, just uh, special projects i said okay just get you a, you gotta go down there in a suit and tie and uh didn't even own a suit and tie i had to go buy clothes i had a tie that i wore to church but that was about as fancy as i got so <laughs> i went i went and bought me some clothes and showed up and there's a couple little projects he asked me to do and then he said Hey, I want you to, uh, we're, so we're going to do a nationwide search, but I want you to start us an economic development program. And I said, okay. And at the time they had me officing in the, this room, they called, they referred to it as the library. Round table had bookshelves on the wall and they kept all the legal books in there. Well, also in there was everything that nobody didn't know what to do with ended up on those shelves. So I walked back there and I sat down in that that round table and thought, "What in the world is economic development?" And so I'm looking at those bookshelves and I see this little tiny—I mean, I don't think they made this smaller notebook, and it said, "Basic Economic Development." And it was put out by Southwestern Bell Telephone if anybody can remember southwestern telephone (laughs) and i read it and it was like 12 pages long i read it cover to cover and i thought well gosh this is sales and i said i was a marketing major for two semesters i can do this so i uh, thought well if you're going to sell something first thing you got to figure out is what you got to sell so i started I was real high tech, Carlton. I had a a Xerox machine and some highlighters. And so (laughs) started, you know, we had five industrial parks that were privately held. And so I went through there, I met with the electric people, the gas people, figuring out what kind of electric service went into each one of them and how big the gas mains were and stuff. And then I went back down to the fire station because we had done these pre-fire plans, so that had all the drawings of the buildings and where the fire hydrants were located and all of that sort of stuff. So I, I actually stole the information from the fire department and uh, then I started finding out who owned the property, how big it was, just, just general figuring out what you got out there that you could market. And so um, after a few weeks, a couple of weeks, City manager came in there and he says, What are you doing? So I pull out this big old three ring binder that I'd had and shown him all these drawings and stuff that I had in there. And he goes, He says, Man, this, this is good stuff. He says, I won't take this. And I said, Okay. And he came, comes back a little while later and says, You ever thought about applying for this job? And I said, No, I'm going back to fire station.
1: Hey Roger, he, was this Clayton?
0: That was Clayton Chandler.
1: It was Clayton Chandler? Okay. Yep, keep going.
0: And so uh, he encouraged me and encouraged me. And finally, I, I went on a couple of trade shows. Uh, if you remember Trends 2000, that was the the first trade show I went to out in California. And I was just having fun, you know, just having a good time because I was going back to the fire station. Well, we were fortunate enough uh, to find a company at the time, it was uh, DNS. Pla- it was the name of it was DNS Plastics. Now, I think it's it, the D was Dexter Locks, and S was uh, Solvay Chemical Company. And uh, they were going to make little plastic pellets to make the bumpers on cars and the dashboards on cars. Right. And uh, now, this is back in like 94. Four ninety three, and it was a $35 million project with about 125 employees. So, you know, that was a big deal to us. And so while I was in this acting position, we were able to secure that company. And I guess he offered me the job in a uh, staff meeting. And uh, which is sort of unusual, but anyway, that's how I got into the business.
1: And you said that was 1993 93, 94, something like that. 93, 94. Mm-hmm. Um, how long were you in Mansfield, Roger?
0: Well, including my fire department time, 27 years,
1: and and when did you leave Mansfield for Arlington? Two
0: thousand and four. Wow, it was that long ago. Yeah. Well, tell but us I about. Ar- I wasn't in Arlington
1: very long. Right. Right. Um, and and uh, in in Arlington, you went from. I mean, from Mansfield, you worked from went from working at a Sales Tax Corporation to Arlington, which was a a, a municipal funded organization um yeah, but it, it was run through I the was, chamber of commerce chamber of commerce okay chamber uh yeah. how was that different for you what'd you do in arlington as opposed to being the jack of all trades uh in mansfield
0: um my job in arlington we had we were like uh we had a, a small business person and we had a downtown Person, and then I was in charge of the, uh, you know, industrial side. So uh, that's the that was kind of the way it was split, and I was, uh, I'd say I was I was doing the industrial part. The the two big accomplishments while I was in Arlington was uh, we got a. Uh, Back in the day, it was a sixty million dollar expansion at the General Motors plant. Right, and uh, then we did the uh, football field, Jerry world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. See, when I was in when I was in Mansfield, we won the Cedo Award for our Mitsubishi plant, which was kind of interesting uh because i got to actually travel to uh taipei taiwan and to tokyo on that project right and then went to arlington and i did the that's the we we won the CETA award for that 60 million dollar plan at the uh, general motors plant that expansion it was the it was a fully mechanizing the uh, auto body shop so right. what they they had robots doing everything. You they would bring in these big from the stamping plants like the the bottom of the car and the, the posts and everything. And the robots would pick up the pieces and weld them, weld the bodies together. And then it would go over to paint and it's still robotically the the car would be painted inside and out with robots and then it would go over to a a warehouse and when they needed like a red one, they would, robot would go get the red one out of the warehouse and take it over. So the first time a human hand touched that car body is when it came came out of the ceiling and married up with the chassis. And uh, that was quite an interesting process to see how they did that robotically and one of the things i've always said this part about economic development is you get to see how all this stuff is done all right but you don't hang around and get bored absolutely then then we uh we we did the uh, football field and that was quite a, a i'll tell you a funny story about that the arlington chamber had a this big conference room. We have about, I'd say, probably seat twenty-five or so around it. It's, a big, you know, like U-shaped conference room, at the conference table, and we'd hired this uh, political consultant to slice and dice the demographics as to, you know, who we needed to make sure we uh, sold the building or sold the idea to, and so he was in there doing that, and then. The uh, staffers were all sitting in chairs on either side of it, so it was probably maybe forty people in that ring. it's A bunch of people in there, and uh, he's up there, you know, and he's saying, you know, unmarried women between the ages of eighteen and thirty-five. This and you know the Hispanics think that, and uh, you know, you know how they just slice and dice the the demographics, right? And, uh, He gets to the very end and now at the head of the table is jerry and stephen and this mayor and chamber president i mean all the the big guys are at the end of the table and he's he says now there's one fact that holds true over every race every gender every age group and that fact is jerry nobody likes you and I'm thinking, oh my God. And uh, the he says, if you want this to pass, you need to disappear. And to Jerry's credit, he disappeared. Wow. So Steven, wow. that, that whole campaign.
1: That is, what a great story, Roger. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's that, uh, and I'd never heard you tell that story. That, that is that is great. So, then from from Arlington, um, you went to Sulphur Springs. Uh, tell us about your decision to go to Sulphur Springs. Uh, I think was that two thousand four two thousand
0: five. Two thousand
1: five. Two thousand five. Tell us all yeah. about your decision to go there, uh, and then then I really want to talk about all the things that you've accomplished there.
0: Well, and um, we we were voting for the, the stadium in November of 2004, I think. Um, please, y'all y'all can check my dates, cause I I think it was 2004. But we were voting on that, and uh, you know, live you know from my house in Mansfield to my office in Arlington was only eight miles. Uh, So I I was living too close. Uh, I was getting all kinds of questions from uh, citizens in, in Mansfield about things that Mansfield was doing and, you know, I'd made up my mind I wanted to be out of there and I didn't like being pulled back in. And uh, you know, I'm glad some people like working for chambers. I, I didn't really like it. Uh, so I was looking for another sales tax corporation. And me and my wife had always thought living in East Texas would be fun. So uh, this job came open. I interviewed in uh, November, and then they called me into I interviewed with uh, two members of the board. And then in December, they called me in to uh, do an interview with the whole board. And uh, January the 8th, that was my first day here. So.
1: And that was January 8th of, of five? Five.
0: So I've been here 15 years.
1: You know, Roger, you've... You've had a tremendous run in Sulphur Springs. Tell our listeners uh, about um, you know your projects, a number of your projects, and then um, y- then I want to I want I want you to talk about your spec building program and uh, in, in in many other things. But but tell us first about some of the some of the really big projects you've done over the years in Sulphur Springs.
0: Well, when I when I first came here, they had a lot of land. There was an industrial foundation here, and uh, all they did was buy land. And we, it was about 500 acres land that we had. And uh, I remember the first board meeting. One of the board members asked me, he says, "Now you've been here a month. What do you think about all of our industrial parks?" And I said, "Well, guys, you've got some really fine pasture land." But we've got to turn them into industrial <laughs> parks. Uh, so the first couple of years, I didn't go on a marketing trip or do any of that. Uh, we were, you know, it, they were they were all covered in trees, and unfortunately, it wasn't a tree that you could. Mostly, it was mesquites and uh, old bodark and, you know, hackberries. Nobody wants a hackberry tree, you know. Uh,
1: or a so, mosquito, or a dark.
0: <laughs> so, you know, I spent most of my time just clearing the land, fixing drainage issues, doing Was it, all of that did you stuff. To,
1: did, did you all have to pay for uh, utility extensions to those um, oh, yeah. sites? Yeah, yeah we're,
0: we're we're treated here. I think the way the law is really written, because we're not part of the city. 're we're, we're the EDC you know uh, I talked to the city manager on occasion but all of my direction comes from the board um, and all the decisions we make we make as a board um, and so well really I think all, all I did
1: was you know push. I think I, I think one of the things you did, or the way you built the program in Sulphur Springs was exactly like, at least I believe, Bill Ratliff, the author of the E.D. sales tax law, and a former city engineer envisioned that the sales tax funds would be used. Would you agree with that?
0: Well, yeah, we've tried to stay very true to what the um – what the law says and uh, you know sometimes it's hard to tell people no Uh, but uh, it if it doesn't create some primary employment or it doesn't create you know capital uh, of a significant amount then you know we're we're pretty tried and true you know we don't do a lot of things now. When uh, when I got here, they had done a uh, election to do a 4B project with 4A money.
1: Oh, I didn't um, remember that. Uh, what what was yeah. that project?
0: It was a big park. Um, it's got oh I don't know six or eight maybe more um, baseball fields and about. Oh, six or eight soccer fields, and it's got a, a fishing lake, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful park. Sidewalks all the way through it with trees, and it is, it is really a beautiful park. And uh, so we were, uh, we paid $150,000 a year for 20 years to build that park. And um, so, and this, we paid it off last spring. And the city then decided that we needed to do a different park and a senior citizen center. So we had another 4A, 4B project with 4A money election. And it was to create a senior citizen center. So you, we didn't even. We didn't try to voice any opposition because, you know, it's going to happen. So we just took it. It's a so now we're paying them two hundred thousand dollars a year for the next twenty years. But anyway,
1: and the and the and the lesson there is, um, you know, you can still do community development um, uh, if you do it wisely with a Type A. But you know, one of the things I've admired about what you all do there is you paint. You just really never lose sight of the ball, and um, the ball is a primary jobs economic development program that has worked extremely well, um, not only for Sulphur Springs and Hopkins County, but for the region itself. And and tell us about once you had. You know, you you developed those sites fully. Tell us about some of the projects that you were able uh, to work to bring into Sulphur Springs.
0: Well, we uh, it took some some convincing the board to. Uh, okay, I replaced a fella, and before him there was another fella, and that guy built a spec building and he never was able to put anybody in it then the next guy wasn't able to put anybody in it so when i got here they had a real taste distaste for doing anything proactively now um you got to remember when i came here was that recession uh, that uh, we were in the middle of a recession too so um We could have rented it several times, but the board wanted to sell it, but we did eventually sell it. And uh, then convincing them that it's okay to build water roads and streets or, you know, water sewer streets, that sort of thing. uh, Took some doing, but we we finally got that accomplished and uh, we did it first on a 130 acre track and uh, cost us 1.7 million to do at the time. And um, now we have seven acre track and a three acre track left. Um, Wow. So, uh, and then uh, we moved over about three years ago to another hundred acre track and put Uh, The water and sewer was already there, so all we had to do is add the the street and the electrical and the fiber and all that stuff. But we did that, and we've got about 50 acres left out of that one. And uh, so we've been very fortunate to to do some of the things that we've done. But uh, one of the things that uh, you alluded to was our building program.
1: Yes.
0: Tell us about it. it. Well, you know, when you're out in the country, uh, developers are not really interested in doing industrial projects out there. Because, first of all, if they build an industrial park, they worry about, well, how many decades is it going to set out there before it fills up? And they can't, you know, tie their capital up like that. And then if, let's say, a company A wants them to to build a building out there, their concern is always, well, if they go away, how long is it going to take to backfill it in in a rural setting? So because of that, rural ED folks have to take on that role as developers. It's not like, you know, when I was in Mansfield in Arlington, you know, I told you. we we had privately held industrial parks and we didn't, we didn't really worry about, you know, building roads and water because the developer did that. And uh, when I was in Arlington, you know, we had great Southwest industrial park and, you know, several other industrial areas that we were, you know, we just, you know, marketed those sites that were there but out in the the rural area it's a different ball game or at least i think it is and you know uh so first thing we did was we developed the industrial parks put water sewer and all that in there we'd done the same thing in in mansfield uh with a with a developer there and i actually approached a couple and most of them didn't want didn't want to to do it, but I found one that said, "Yeah, we'll do this." Now, we as a, as a board had decided that if we, the first year the the improvements were in place, we were okay if we didn't sell anything. Then the next year, the second year, we want to sell one property, and then skip another year and sell two properties, and we thought that type of arrangement was going to get us the return that we were looking for. Well, when we put that road and water and drainage and all of that in place, within the first year, we had one lot left. Because it's kind of that, you know, field of dreams things, if you build it, they will come. Well, that's that's what's happened out here uh, in Sulphur Springs once we build the roads and we put the infrastructure in companies come and uh so we put in this this first development and our and then we were looking for a uh, uh we were, comp- we we're actually competing against um uh, abilene and shirts for a plastics company Silicor, and they makes they make straws and swizzle sticks, and uh, that was almost well, almost ten years ago. And uh, we decided that uh, we we could build them a building if we did it ourselves and compete with these existing buildings in Abilene and in Shirts. And sure enough, we were successful and. This is a company out of Sharon Center, uh, Ohio, that uh, we got to come in there. We built their building, and then a year, almost to the day later, they approached us about uh, doubling the size of their facility. So so it's originally 30,000 square feet, now it's 60,000 square feet. And they've been out there almost 10 years, and I think they're about eight and a half. the way we structure our deals is it's it's just a straight lease and so at the end of 10 years they will have paid us back everything we invested in that that property and then we sign another lease and so the next lease will be uh pure profit
1: uh That's, and, and you're already um, you're already generating a lot of revenue annually. Um, tell, tell our listeners uh, how that works and how many of those kinds of projects you've done, and what what you do with the revenue.
0: Well, you know the thing is, we're a nonprofit corporation, right? So, nonprofit doesn't mean you can't make a profit. You just can't pay shareholders. So what we do is we take that money that we make off these buildings, and we've done right now uh, nine projects. Uh, We're we're working on number nine, and before you before we start this broadcast or whatever, I was talking to uh, uh, some folks and we're getting ready to start number ten. And uh, but. We take that rent money and we just put it back into our program, build more buildings, buy more land, do more streets, all of that stuff that economic developers do. Do more projects, you bet. Do more projects. And so right now our income from our rent is about 1.2, nearly 1.3 million a year. In addition to our sales tax, and uh, wow, my my goal yeah, out here, because I think at some point they're going to siphon this money away from us uh, to, you know, pay for schools or highways or something. So my goal is to build our our EDC into a point where we're self-sustaining. We don't have to rely on the sales tax. Now, we, we do about 2.2 million in sales tax, and um, the uh, 1.2 million, and nearly 1.3, gets us at about $3.5 million a year in income, and for a town of about 16,000,
1: that's a lot of income. It's amazing. It's amazing. How many um, for the for the listeners that don't know? How many CEO awards have you won in in Sulphur Springs?
0: I uh, three in Sulphur Springs.
1: Wow, wow. Uh, and I, if I'm not mistaken, it's like three in the last five years. Is that? Um, I can yeah, remember
0: uh, correctly. Well, we did our our first CETA award was uh, the uh, here. Now, the Mitsubishi project in Mansfield, we won a CETA award right. and we, we won that one in Arlington for the General Motors plant. Then um, our first one out here was during that recession, we were able to get, uh, it was uh, used to be Owen Sausage. Now it's B E F Foods, and B E F now is now is now owned by Post. But uh, they make uh, sausage biscuit sandwiches. <laughs> All right. So if, you, right? if you've ever if you've ever eaten a sausage biscuit sandwich anywhere in the United States, it came from Sulphur Springs because no kidding, it's the only plant that makes them. The,
1: and are they making them for like the the fast food outlets or just the uh, grocery market?
0: The grocery market, they-
1: The grocery market,
0: okay. But they okay. do great value too. So if you get a Walmart sausage biscuit, they came from right. here. The only difference, they bake the uh, they, they bake the sausage. And so when it comes out as a BEF or uh, you know, a name brand, Sausage biscuit, they put caramel coloring on it because it looked it makes it look like it was fried in a in a, in a skillet. Like a skillet, yeah. yeah. But great value won't pay for the for the uh, caramel coloring. So if you get one of them, the sausage looks almost white. Uh, but that's the only difference in the two products.
1: Oh, that's that's crazy well you 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 all do have you you know you notice when you drive through sulfur springs um on interstate 30 you you kind of have a a a food cluster there don't you
0: yeah and a lot of people have you know will say well food is dirty it it pollutes And, and yeah you're right but you know when during the recession our unemployment rate never got out of out of the fours because so many of our people are involved either in, you know, we make nearly anything that you can make with milk because Sulphur Springs is a dairy capital of Texas. Right. Um, you can get here. I mean, powdered milk, cheese, cottage cheese. Uh, one of the biggest things we make is uh, international will like coffee creamer um but soft serve ice cream you know half and half whipping cream all that sort of stuff and what happens is when times get tough people may not be buying a new cell phone but they're still buying groceries and so our people continue to work through there and when your primary employment stays Fairly stable, then there's dollars out there to support the grocery stores and the restaurants and all of that sort of thing. So we never get, or at least we didn't in the last recession, get hit as hard because we had these jobs that continued through the recession. Uh, you know, when Governor Perry was talking about the Texas miracle, we were always one or one and a half points lower in the uh unemployment ranks than the state as a whole so texas did well during the recession but we did we did well too
1: amen well um you know we're just uh, we just ended a uh, um a month that none of us will ever forget um uh with with the uh, advancing uh, coronavirus and uh, certainly a recession on the horizon. Um, with that said, uh, I want you to to comment on where you think our profession, where you think economic development in Texas will go as a result of um, really this crisis that that we've entered into.
0: You know, I I answered a one of those uh, community questions that was posed uh, by another person about right. uh, you know, what are we going to do or what can we do during this this climate. And uh, and I, I told that person that uh, don't be uh, don't be uh, worried because I doubt any economic development organization in the state had a plan for pandemic. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. So you know I think what we've got to do to weather the storm is nurture our business retention programs. And you know by that I mean you need to be in a position where you can go you can pick up the phone and you can call One of your business owners, and you've got a friendly relationship. You know that their kids at college, or you know, their wife is, you know, doing something, or you know, maybe they're ill, or you know, you know know them personally like that. And when you do, then you can pick up the phone, you call them, and say, Bob, how are you doing? And they, I think they actually tell you where if it's you've never talked to them before, they're one of those businesses that's been in the industrial part forever ever or wherever you're wherever you're you know you're looking and you've never talked to them before, you've never taken them to lunch, uh, you've never done anything for them, then I think you you may not get the right answer. You may get oh I'm doing fine when they're really not. And then once you find out how the, you know how they're, you know how they're doing, then you respond with help for that issue, whatever it is. It's hey, I'm having trouble with my rent payments. Well, maybe it's time to do a business retention grant and pay a three, two or three months of rent for, them. or. Uh, If they're saying, Hey, I need help with something employment. Maybe you do a business retention program with them for that. And you just, you respond to what they need. Uh, And I think that's how we weather this thing is. And, you know, if they were, if they were a shaky company to begin with, you might not want to do as much as you would for one that's been, you know, a strong company in the past right uh, but you know we're having people say you know one of the one of the companies we have here makes high dollar fishing rods you know or at least i call them high dollar fishing rods are like five hundred dollars a piece and that's a that's a that's lot to tough. me to buy. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah but they're they're fiberglass or it's not fiberglass it's anyway their rods come from China they don't have any rods to build so they're you know the guy tells us I' swept the floor as many times as I can sweep it and you know I sent my guys home because you know all we do is sit around here and play cards well that's that's a company that's hurting and that's you know, in our case, that's that's a good company. We want to help them. You bet. Um, but I think that's the that's the way we work our way through it is by relying on our business retention program. You know, uh, when I was in Arlington, uh, there was a, we had a a, a um, uh, business incubator. Right. And there was there was a guy that ran the, the incubator. And uh, he actually worked for me. And I would talk to him. He was an old Scottish guy. Uh, and it was a joint thing between UT Arlington and the Arlington Chamber. And uh, while he was under, rem- anyway, you don't need to know all that. Um, anyway, I, I would talk to him and he'd say, when it boils down to it, The most important, there's nothing in business that's worth a damn except cash. And that's where I think all of us EDCs need to be thinking right now. Yeah, postpone things. Have that cash so that you can help these companies, whether it's employment help, rent payments, I don't know, paying for a you know, an equipment loan that they have or whatever, responding to them individually and not making a big show out of it. Because it's uh, it's embarrassing to a lot of these companies to know that they had to ask for help.
1: So, cash being king, as they say. Cash. So, you say nothing's worth a damn except cash.
0: <laughs> and we, need, we need to remember that, and you know, because we've all got some. But we need to keep what we've got as intact as best we can. You know, I'm finishing a building right now, and uh, you know, I've got I got to finish paying for that building. But other than that, we're 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 not doing much because we're going to conserve as much as we can. And then once we get through with this, then we can do some of the things that we've been wanting to do.
1: I think that's a great perspective and, and I really enjoyed your, um, y- you emphasizing the human touch. You know, that if you know the folks in your um, community that you should know, you can help those companies um, work through this crisis. You know, Roger, you. I, I just want to take a personal moment here, and and thank you for your leadership. Um, not only formally as a past board member of the Texas Economic Development Council, as a board member of Team Texas, but you do. You're one of those people that's a leader, even without the title of being a board member. You, you're out there setting a great example for other economic developers to to follow and uh i just want you to know that there's a lot of people in this state that really look up to you and uh admire what you've done um in sulfur springs and uh, i'm i'm always amazed uh, when i drive through uh, just just what what you've been a part of there and I want to thank you for that.
0: Oh, yeah, we've been really fortunate. We, things have gone our way a lot of times and uh, you know, we've uh, we've had some good things happen.
1: Well, you've been integral in making those things happen and I know you've been blessed with good boards and good staff members and you know, like you said, we we all um, we we all have to have our share of good fortune. But certainly, you had a vision for what could happen there, and you've seen that vision through. And again, uh, you know, I've I've enjoyed watching your success a great deal. And again, I want to uh, tell you how much I appreciate all the things you've done for the TDC. Now yeah, you're you're more than welcome, and. You know, uh, at my
0: stage in my career, you know, I'm pretty much an open book. You, 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 or anybody else calls for me and says, How did you do this? I'll give you the copies of the contracts. Okay. So, and it, you know, I, I like helping people. Uh, and,
1: and
0: I, again, like I said about the helping the companies, I do it. I want to do it quietly. You know, i tell people, here it is. Tell everybody you dreamed it all up yourself. Because, uh, it's, uh, it's not important. It's who gets the credit. It's that things happen. And, uh, you're right. I've got a couple of ladies that work with me that, uh, are outstanding. I mean, they, they make me look good on a daily basis. So, uh, i uh i gotta give them a lot of credit for what what's happened uh because those guys working every day doing that and they're the ones we need to be showing appreciation to
1: roger you're uh, you're you're an icon in our business uh thank you again for uh, what you do not only for sulfur springs and for the state of texas and uh Hey, uh, maybe we can do another one of these sometime down the way. What do you think of that?
0: Oh, sure, we can do it anytime you want to. I'm not sure that I have much more to tell. Uh,
1: well, I doubt that. Uh, I, I think we can uh, we can probably uh, think of a lot of things for you to talk about. But Roger, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Um, look forward to seeing you again soon. Yeah, I guess we'll
0: see you in was it. June's our next meeting if the coronavirus doesn't kill us.
1: You got it. All right. Thank you, Roger. Take care. Bye. Yes, sir.